Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Unapologetic. As always, I'm your host, Brianna, and if you don't know me or know much about this show, here is where we talk about real topics and real experiences in the daily life of young adults and older adults today, but most importantly, we discuss them in an unapologetic way. I'm super excited about today's episode, and I hope you guys are ready, but before we get started, I just wanted to check in with you guys, because there's been tons of stuff going on. Um, I feel like things will hopefully be so much better as far as life goes on, goes once all of this stuff with co- the COVID pandemic is over. I've gotten a lot of things done, and there have been a lot of like pros and cons to like being in quarantine, but like I'm not going to lie, um, I've just been super productive and gotten a lot of things done. Since I'm no longer commuting twice a day through traffic to an office for work, and I haven't been required to go on campus to attend like any of my classes or attend meetings or events for the organizations I'm a part of, so not gonna, even though there have been like some little cons or whatever, quarantine has been pretty much good for me. I would say some of the cons would be just that like traveling anywhere is kind of out of the question right now, especially here in Texas or really any other place that like I've wanted to go to. My goal this summer was to visit Hawaii with my boyfriend Alex and to start planning some other trips for in the future, but COVID has like really ruined everything. Aside from not being able to travel, after a while you get a little bored like just being in one place, but unlike many people here in Texas, um, I've just sucked it up and like stayed at home instead of like out and about in the community. Um, If any of you have been paying attention to the news, Texas is now having like this huge outbreak of cases of COVID-19 due to the fact that our stupid Trump supporting governor Greg Abbott, if y'all don't know who he is, anyways, he opened up the state up to almost like full capacity and a lot of people here are really not taking this virus seriously. And I'm I can't even sit here and be like I'm all that surprised, but like I I believe Texas was like the first state that opened after like everything was closed. So I found that like why why do we have to be the first ones to open anything up? Like our cases weren't really There were a lot, like, in the beginning, but, like, not that much, and since he went ahead and just, like, opened everything up, it's gotten really crazy, Um, but like I said, although I'm not surprised, it's still super scary. Like, I thought I'd come in contact with someone who has it and decided to get tested recently. Um, You know, I was waiting on those results and it was, like, really nerve-wracking, but I didn't have, like, any symptoms or anything, but like I said, just knowing that, like, this virus you can get you can you can get it and like you can not have symptoms for like a really long time and then all of a sudden you start having symptoms I just wanted to make sure that um you know I didn't have anything um so I went to go get tested and I got those results probably like a couple of days ago and um they actually came back negative so I was super thankful for that because I keep seeing like all the stuff in the news where like they're talking about just the cases are being overloaded and like there's a lot of people being in the hospital and everything else so I'm really thankful that you know I don't have it um I've also been like overloading on my vitamin intake and just like trying to stay out of the way 
I wear a mask like everywhere I go. Um, I try to like limit how many times I need to go out for anything because like I said, I'm working from home and like I go to summer school, but we're not required to be on campus for anything. So I don't need to do anything and I have internet here. Um, I think the only times that like I really go out anywhere is just if I need to go grab like a quick bite to eat, which is very rarely. Um, I go to the grocery store, you know, just little essential stuff. I really try not to do anything that requires me being out in the public um, or like being exposed, you know, possibly to anybody that has it for a really long time. So um, and yeah, like I said, I wear a mask. Um, I really don't see a lot of people just wearing masks and stuff out here. Um, so I don't know. It's just kind of ridiculous. Like I'm not surprised that Texas is all of a sudden just start having like outbreaks and all this other mess but hopefully they can get it together because this is serious people it's real it's not going anywhere like we really need to step it up um aside from that if you guys have tuned into my last few episodes huh i'm getting like out of breath sorry um (laughs) if you guys have tuned into my last few episodes you know i actually had a lot to do regarding moving into my new place and trying to settle in which has been a complete headache but overall I'm not gonna lie it's been pretty good um and so since that's been like a recent experience and this is not my first time living on my own I thought I would take advantage of that and do an episode for you guys um because as we get to that part of our lives where we're in our college years or just in our adult years because you know not everybody always goes to college but um you know just being an adult and getting to that age um you know things come with that and like it's you know we have to learn how to do things on our own and like just be on our own so one thing before I get deep into this topic if you still live with your parents and you're in college please understand that there's no shame in that I don't recommend you moving out on your own until you're 100% ready because I did that and you know it just I'll I'll, I'll get more into like how that experience went further in the episode but um maybe these tips like you can keep them in mind for whenever you're ready to finally take the plunge um so yeah with all of this being said the topic of this week's episode is living on your own preparing to move out and having your own space Hey guys, it's Brianna, and I just want to take a few seconds to talk to you about a new podcasting tool I've started using. I've recently switched over to Anchor, and if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me tell you why. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. How easy is that? All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Trust me, you won't regret it. Now, let's get back into the episode. So, funny story. (laughs) The first time I moved out and, like, on my own, it really did not go well. And here's why. So, let's take it back to about, like, the summer of 2016. I was living with my mom at a house in Houston. And we stayed... I think 
like on the yeah we stayed on the north side if you're in houston um we stayed on like i think it was veterans memorial and gulf bank but um most of y'all i don't know some of y'all are probably not from houston but anyways um (laughs) she had been in a relationship for a while and like all of a sudden had made the decision to move away from houston to be closer to her significant other um when she made that decision i was kind of upset about it because when she did that that kind of left me in a sticky situation and although at the time I was like 20 21 years old um you know not not too young but not too old I just really felt like you know why are you doing this like it really left me in a sticky situation so I basically had three choices um I was either to move with her and her significant other, which was a super no-go for me because I felt like, why should I pick up my life and move with you because you want to be closer to someone else? Um, I could move in with my boyfriend at the time and live with him and his family, which he was living with his mom, uh, which was cool. I've lived there before. I lived there for about like two years um, when we first moved to Houston because we didn't have our living situation straight. So I've lived with them before. But at that time... I wasn't too sure how much longer our relationship was going to last. You know, when when things are crazy and, you know, things are changing and, like, you you feel it. Like, you, I don't know, like, when you really feel like your relationship is not, like, about to last, you feel it in your gut. And even though, like, I talked about that, um, you guys can go check out episode two for how that relationship went or whatever. Um, Yeah, I talked about that in episode two, but I don't know, like, even though things happened the way that they did like I knew that like our relationship wasn't going to work so just the idea of like moving in with him and living with him um that idea didn't really sit well with me either so and had I did that um we ended up breaking up like later that year so I would have been stuck trying to figure something out anyways that would have been a way more stickier situation um Or, like, my last choice was just to, like, suck it up and get my own place. And I decided to get my own place, but because my mom was trying to hurry up and rush, I didn't have a lot of time to try to get all of my ducks in a row, which kind of made me feel like, ultimately, like, I was kind of set up to fail. And not necessarily by her, because, I mean, you know, I wasn't a kid anymore and everything, but I just feel like... I just really wasn't ready and like to her it didn't really matter if I was ready she was just like hey I'm leaving like either you're coming or you're staying if you're staying you need to figure it out because I'm going regardless but yeah like it was just it was crazy I mean and at that time I worked at a preschool I was only making about 10.50 an hour I didn't have a car and all I had to furnish an apartment was like my bedroom furniture and some kitchen stuff that she left behind so that was pretty much it like I didn't even know if I could afford it I really didn't feel like I could like it, I don't know it was just like so so much like it just I really like shouldn't have did it but you know I just really was like I don't feel that I should have to pick up my life and move with you because you you want to go here to be closer to somebody else so like I just had to basically deal with what I could at that time so um I didn't really have much of a, a choice, um, so she packed her stuff and left, and then I put my stuff in storage and stayed with my boyfriend at the time until I can get my place situated, which was, like, only about a couple of weeks. I think it was maybe, like, three or four weeks or whatever before I got everything figured out, 
So fast forwarding to the point where I finally found a place. I found a lost style townhome on the north side of Houston, um, kind of like in the spring area. It had like one and a half bathrooms, two patios. Um, it was pretty cool. And then like when you go up the stairs, like the whole upstairs is just like a loft. Like I don't, my bedroom was just like the complete upstairs. Um, it was only like six eighty-seven a month, and for the price, like the place was pretty big, and I actually loved it um, for a while. Um, yeah, I loved it, but it was just handling everything was difficult. Like I handled everything the best that I could with paying rent on time for probably about like six months. And when it came down to all the other expenses, though, that's when like things started to get tricky. So after about six months, I started to slowly fall off. Even though I was paying my rent, I found myself always having to make the decision of like, paying my rent or like doing something else like I would either have to buy groceries or having bus money to get to work for the next couple of weeks or I'd like pay all of my rent on time and then like I wouldn't have any money to like buy groceries and then like pay for things like lights and the internet so like I was always just like in between trying to figure out like how I was gonna do everything and um, like I said I didn't have a car or anything um which Like, even though now, like, I look back and I think that I really didn't have a lot of bills, like, for the money that I was making. Um, Yeah, like, I didn't have a lot of bills, but for the money that I was making at the job I was at at the time, like, it just all got to be too much. And I ended up having to just suck it up and break my lease and move in with my mom to Austin. So... Now, like the now that I look back on it, it's like the 100% main problem that really was just keeping me from pulling everything off was that I could hardly afford all of my responsibilities at that time. And like, I really just wasn't ready to be on my own just yet. So, I mean, it sucked, but like, I didn't have a lot of choices. So that was pretty much my first experience and going through that like really sat on my mind when I made the decision to go out and give living on my own another try. But between that point and like the point that I decided to move, like I think I moved out of my first apartment January of 2017. Um, I only had like a few months in my lease, but like I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, so I moved out January of 2017, and then I, like I said, I moved back in with my mom, and then I ended up moving to Denton January of 2019. So I had a few years to like grow, and like. A whole bunch has changed like between that time and like now so with all of this is in in mind like I'm gonna give you guys a few tips on how you can avoid the mistakes that I made as well as tell you guys some of the things that like I wish I would have done differently and like what I wish I would have known before just going out and getting my own place before I was ready so all right so now let's talk about some of the pros and cons of like living on your own So some of the pros can be like you get to have your own peace of mind, you're in control of like your own space and like no one else can like tell you what to do. (laughs) You make your own rules. You can pretty much do what you want. You don't have to rely like on anybody else for anything. You can set up the place like however you want. You don't have to worry about anybody else but you, which to me was like the biggest thing. Um, And it really pushes you to become responsible and be independent. So being responsible and like being independent like that's either gonna make you or break you 
you like it's either you can handle it or you can't so like that's what I mean by like it just really pushes you because a lot of us like I I hate how like when we're in school and everything like everybody tries to make it seem or not even try to make it seem but like we're brought up like with this idea that like once you turn 18 and like you go through your 20s like you're supposed to have it all figured out like you need to have a set timeline and I was definitely one of those people that I'm just like all right well I need to be in college and like I need to graduate by this time I need to have my own place by this time I need to have this and that by this time like that's I feel that's why like a lot of people who are going through their 20s and like their college years and stuff like that like they really have a hard time because I don't really feel that um I was really taught a whole bunch like a lot of things I've had to figure out by myself and like I'm not saying that like living on your own like you have to live on your own in order to put yourself in a sticky situation because like I said if you don't feel that like you can handle it then don't do it just yet like the way that I did it um after like I failed the first time um I just waited and got all of my ducks in a row until I felt like okay if I do this like I'm not gonna have to break my lease like I I can afford it and everything like that but even still like going through that like it really pushes you to become responsible and be independent because you have to be responsible for paying your own bills. All these things are in your name. You you have to you have to pay them. So um, that's that. I kind of went off on a tangent there, but yeah, like it really does push you to become responsible and be independent. Some of the cons, though, um, is you're responsible for everything. And although I said that was a pro, like this can be a con too because it's just like. If you fall behind, and I know, like, a lot of us, you know, sometimes you might have a parent that, like, they're there for you, and they'll just help you do whatever you want, and then some others might not necessarily have that type of support system, so that's why I'm saying that that can also be a con, because, like, ultimately, this is you that's responsible for this, and if you fail, like, this is on you, and that can be, like, a lot of pressure. I know for me, it was definitely a lot of pressure, but, um... That's why I'm saying like that can kind of also be a con because you're not going to always be able to pick up the phone and be like, hey, mom, like I'm behind on rent this month. Can you send me X, Y, Z amount of dollars to help me pay for this? Like your parents could say, no, like this is your responsibility now. Like you need to learn how to be responsible. Um, So that's kind of what I mean. Like you're this is ultimately your responsibility. So this is your ship that you have to keep afloat. So if it sinks, it's your fault. And if it floats, it's it's because of you. Um, another con is if something happens and you need to get out of your lease, it's a pain in the ass. And I'll talk about that um, later in the episode. But yeah, that's kind of a con. Um, and the last con that I wrote is like it can be easy to fall behind on bills if you don't stay on top of everything and that's kind of what I got into aside like I think just not being able to like afford all of my responsibilities at one time um kind of made it um a little bit easier for me to fall behind but like even if like you can afford it like it's super easy to fall behind on bills if like you're not staying on top of everything So those were kind of my pros and my cons. So now let's talk about searching for an apartment and some of the things that you'll need to have 
in order to get one on your own. And before I get into that, I'm going to drink some of my Route 44. Excuse me, guys. Okay, so um, number one, you'll need to make sure you have consistent income. I do not mean that you're making $200 every two weeks, like, or that's not even bad. If you make $200, like, every two weeks, what? That's, like, no, that is kind of, no, you can't, you can't get an apartment with $400 a month. You just can't. Um, or if you, if you have, then, I don't know, tell me something. But um, you need to make sure you have consistent income, meaning a J-O-B, a J-O-B that is paying for you hourly and you make a consistent paycheck, most apartments have a requirement that you make a certain amount of money a month. So, for example, they might require you to make at least two or three times the rent in a month. That basically tells them that you make enough money consistently that you won't be 100% broke when you have to pay rent. So, you really need to take a look at your bank account, calculate all of your bills Oh, excuse me, that you have currently and then calculate the rent into that amount and see what you have left over. Basically, what I mean is that you need to know your budget. And if you can't afford it, if you feel like you can't afford it, do not do it. Getting evicted or having to break your lease because you can't afford the rent affects your chances of renting another apartment in the future. So you really need to know if you have it um, now. Like, for example, with me, I make about, like, 1400 like, every two weeks. And I don't mind sharing that number because I just want to give you guys kind of, like, a ball, a ball figure. $1,400 every two weeks. That means I make 2800 a month. I have a car note. I have insurance. Um, I got internet in this place. So I have an internet bill, which is only, like, $60 a month, and that's not bad. Um, I try to go grocery shopping at least once a month and I try not to spend no more than like $250 um, because I cook a lot at home. Um, I try to avoid eating out. What else do I have? Um, I don't have cable, which maybe this could be a good tip for you guys too. You guys don't necessarily need cable. I don't have cable. Um, I have a fire stick and I have like subscriptions. So instead of paying like a hundred and something dollars for cable, I pay probably like forty dollars $40 in subscriptions and some of them are not even like that much. I'm I, I don't know, I might need to calculate that up, but I don't feel like I pay that much um in subscriptions on my fire stick. So and then like I also um if you if you have a fire stick then you'll know what I'm talking about. But um I have this little app named Cody and I think that's spelled K O D I and like if I can't find anything on subscriptions or if I really don't want to have subscriptions or anything like that I can just watch whatever they have on Cody which is like free free tv and free movies and stuff like that so um and then I also pay a couple of other bills um I think what else do I pay um I owe on some other stuff um, that I'm not gonna get really get into because it's like a lot um but after calculating all my bills and then calculating rent and then like utilities and stuff like that I really felt that like I can afford doing it so that's why I have my own place now so like I said if you really can't afford it then don't do it but if you can afford it then we're gonna move on to the next question or the next point sorry keep in mind 
that if they allow it, you can basically get what's called a guarantor to help you secure the apartment. Um, if you if you can afford the apartment by yourself and like you meet the requirements, then you don't you don't really need this. But um, if you can't, then this this is kind of more geared towards you. Um, basically, like another name for guarantor is a co-signer. And you might be able to like ask your parents or like your grandparents to co-sign on the apartment with you and the complex will check their credit and income as well, um, which will kind of, you know, help you get get the apartment, you know, for you. Um if they meet all the requirements that like is needed for them to be a guarantor, then they will be your guarantor. Um, but keep in mind that this means whoever you choose to be your guarantor will be financially responsible for the apartment, just like you. And if for some reason you don't pay your rent or you get evicted or you break your lease, this goes on your guarantor's credit as well and affects them too. So keep that in mind when you're selecting your guarantor. Um, I know I got my mom as a guarantor and but with me like I pay my stuff on time and like I always pay it or whatever and just knowing that like that gives me more of an incentive to like figure it out and like if I if for some reason like I wouldn't be able to figure it out or whatever then um, you know I wouldn't have got the apartment in the first place but um, just knowing that like this affects her too if I don't pay my rent on time like that gives me more of an incentive to be like all right let me just make sure that I got my ducks in a row and I'm doing what I need to do um, so yeah second you need to make sure that your credit is good now I understand that many of my listeners are college students and sometimes we don't always make the wisest decisions when it comes to having credit um, some places will require you to have a certain credit score before they were rent to you. Some of them might not. Um, but in my experience, I didn't have enough credit or a high enough credit score when I got my first apartment. So they did what they called um, conditionally approve me, which meant that I had to basically put down a higher deposit than someone whose credit was higher than mine. Um, so yeah, sometimes the deposit can be returned to you once your lease is up. So keep that in mind. Um, your deposit could be like $200, it could be $400 all the way up to probably like, um, a month of rent. But keep in mind that that's not going to be considered your first month's rent if they require you to pay first month's rent in order to move in. Um, you may also be able to get a guarantor in this case. So keep that in mind too. Um, whew, Lord, this is a lot of information that I wrote down for you guys. Uh, third Make sure you read the reviews of the complex and ask questions when you are taking tours and getting information. So think about it this way. Leasing agents are just like salespeople. Um, just like when you go get a car, there's a salesperson there trying to basically sell you this car. Um, leasing agents are basically the same. They are trying to sell to you and they're trying to get your money. And that's not necessarily negative, but you need to keep that in mind. So if they want your money, you need to make them work for it before you get into a lease based off of what they're selling you and find out it's really not like that once you move in. So I'm going to give you guys um, some questions that you need to ask when you're going out and you're looking at these apartments before you make a decision. You need to ask, what are the rental and application requirements? How much is the application fee? How much is the deposit? Are utilities included? Is the deposit refundable? How long is the application process? Because sometimes, you know, they'll take like a day um, to decide if they're going to approve you or some of them might take a week. It just depends on, you know, where you're running at. 
um, what payment methods do you accept for rent, how much um, interest do you have in these apartments and how soon are you trying to fill the apartment because some like they get really busy and um, <laughs> some of them might not have apartments available no matter how many that they have because people are trying to like hurry up and, and secure places or you know they renew their leases because they don't want to leave so that's a question you need to ask um do you allow early lease termination if so what is the process so that's just a question that you need to ask just in case that like something happens and you need to get out of your lease um ask them like what their pet policy is what their parking policy is how's the crime in the neighborhood um does it cost more if you choose like which floor you want to live on and um this is a key question that you might want to ask them. Um, ask them, like, would you live here? Because some of them, like like I said, they're salespeople, and they don't even live there, so they don't even know nothing. They're just up in there trying to sell you an apartment and trying to make money and go home or whatever. So, And you might not, you know, you might find out that some of them actually do live in the complex. I've gone to different complexes where, like, the... Um, the leasing manager stays in in a unit or some of the leasing agents stay in there so like it just depends so like the that that's kind of like an off the wall question that like I'm pretty sure like they don't get asked on a regular basis and you'll kind of be able to tell like if they're just trying to sell you something or like they really mean what they say if you ask them that question number 4 is and this is kind of the last point with this with this part um and Going back to, like, all the other questions that I gave y'all to ask, those are not, like, all the questions. Those are just some that I can think of, so keep that in mind. But um, next point is when searching for an apartment, you need to pick a good location. Now, I don't mean you need to pick a location where there are, you know, tons of, like, bars and clubs and stuff everywhere because while that's cool, that's not everything. Um, find you a good apartment where you are near everything essential. This means the grocery store, the laundromat if you need to wash clothes, if your place doesn't have a washer and dryer, um, maybe somewhere that's like on a route for you to use public transportation if you don't have a car, um, someplace that's not too far from your job. If you're a college student, maybe pick something that's closer to campus. I know for me, this apartment that I'm staying in now is like, hmm, probably like 10 minutes away from campus, but like I kind of chose this like what helped me choose this place more um aside from just liking the complex in general it's near everything like i'm right across the street from the mall i'm right up the street from kroger's walmart target chick-fil-a which if anybody any of y'all listening that know me personally you know i love chick-fil-a um what else am i close to i'm close to the gym that i go to there's just like a ton of a ton of stuff in this area so i was like you know i don't really care about being that close to campus because i still live in the same city and it's not that far so and it's like right off the freeway so and i have starbucks near here like it was just everything so like make sure that you're near everything essential and also make sure to pay attention to the security of the apartment don't be afraid to ask about the safety of the neighborhood and if they offer an alarm system because I know some of them do and some of them don't. Um, in this case, my apartment complex doesn't, but I did ask them um, if I can get like my own security uh, system or whatever and they told me it's fine. Um, 
just as long as like you know i let them know the code or whatever for them to get in here which even if i let them know the code like i'm just gonna make sure that like i change it so they can't like always come up in here whenever i'm not home um but yeah if they don't allow you like if they don't offer an alarm system um you can ask them like if you can put one in your apartment um, which I'm pretty sure they would or whatever. I would like, I don't see why they wouldn't, but you never know. Okay. This is for who this is a lot of information, but I hope like all of this is helpful for y'all. This is for like all my college students. So now I'm going to get into like the difference between student apartments versus regular apartments. Um, I know I said I was going to talk about this before and I'll probably go like a little bit more in depth and maybe like a separate episode or maybe a YouTube video. Um, cause I, I promise y'all, like I've literally been t- talking about doing something regarding this, this point for like a minute, but I'm going to try to give y'all the best information that I can. So student apartments are a form of off, off campus housing for college students. They can be close to campus, and most of the tenants are fellow students from the same university or other universities that are in the area. For instance, here in Denton, we have um, TWU and UNT, so that's what I mean by that. They provide, like, basically a campus-centric lifestyle that gives the same type of student community that you would get staying on campus. However, it's more geared to an off-campus living experience. So while these apartments help you adjust to adult life, being in college and teaching you independence as you get used to being away from home, they have their pros and their cons. So some of the pros are you'll most likely be living in a unit with two or more bedrooms in it, um, so which means you'll have a roommate. And while you have roommates, you're responsible for basically like an individual lease. So this means you are only responsible for your bedroom and your own rent. If your roommate doesn't pay their rent, that doesn't affect you or your living situation. You get, next next pro is like you get the typical roommate experience and if you don't have anyone that you know that can be your roommate, they do what's called roommate matching for you. So basically like roommate matches is like you answer a couple of questions about certain things about like how you live like if you're clean if you prefer for your roommate to be clean if you mind if there are pets in there um if you prefer to stay with like um a same-sex roommate or like um an opposite sex roommate like if you care about those certain things and then they'll basically like match you according to that next pro is it's most most of these uh types of apartments are in close proximity to campus Um, and most likely they have transportation like public transportation right in front of your apartment complex so in both of the different um, complexes that I stayed in they had a bus line that takes you to UNT and TWU Um, and many many of like the students they live there um, and they use that so that's kind of good and then it's in close proximity also to campus so like it doesn't take you that long to get to class if you need to or anything like that Uh, next pro is many of the units are furnished for you so you don't have to worry about getting furniture so your room will come with like a bed Um, it might have a desk in there Um, you'll have probably like a little small table or something like that like a like a night nightstand or something 
yeah and I think that's all I had in like both my rooms and then the amenities are tailored for students so your electricity is either included or added to your rent um, so the total usage or the bill for the entire place is divided between you and your roommate. So like if you have, it's just two of y'all, then they'll take the total cost of the usage for that apartment and divide it in between the two of you. If there's four of y'all, they'll take all of that and they'll divide it between the four of you. Um, internet is most likely included. Some of them have washer and dryers and your room will most likely have your own bathroom in it. So you don't have to worry about sharing a bathroom. Um, next pro is instead of a typical 12 month lease, like regular apartments, your lease will run according to the school year. So, um, and both, I think, well, my first student apartment was kind of different. I moved in the middle of the semester. Um, but my lease was up at the end of July because they're preparing for the next school year. And then the second one, it ran from we moved in like the middle of august like i think a week before school started and had i would have stayed in that apartment um i would have been leaving at the end of july so yeah um and the last one that i have is it's a good start to learning the ins and outs of paying rent having your own place and the responsible of having of having an apartment some of the cons are guys like i don't know why like i'm sniffly like i don't i don't know like my nose is stopped up maybe it's because of the air conditioning <laughs> but some of the cons are you're sharing a space with your roommate so you don't get to have the option of not having roommates and that one was at first when i moved in um and started staying in student apartments at first i was like i don't know what to expect or whatever maybe this is cool i didn't have any friends out here so i was like that's probably not a big deal um and while i did um make friends or whatever um eventually i was just like yeah no like having roommates is not for me um this next one is a really big one and i'll get more into detail in a minute about it but these types of places Meaning student apartments prey on the fact that most college students don't understand lease term or leasing terminology or understand fees or that tenants have rights. So they try to take advantage of certain things and will try to charge you for things that are ridiculous or that you don't owe. So with my first apartment, um, if any of you guys are listeners and didn't, I'm talking about um, the complex that used to be called Republic um republics that didn't or something like that republics of didn't some something of that nature um but they recently changed their name probably like last year to red point didn't so i moved in at the um the middle of the school year at the beginning of the spring semester in january of 2019 so basically what they told me was that in order to qualify to stay at that place i either had to do three things i could Give them my social security number and they can run me based off credit. I can get a guarantor and have my mom fill out a guarantor application, which um, she filled it out. But at the time, she didn't meet the requirements. So they didn't want her being my guarantor or um, in order to kind of like avoid all of that. I can pay um, the last two months of the lease, which would have been June and July. So what I decided to do was I paid the last two months 
of the lease which i believe that was 715 dollars so when you take 715 dollars times two i basically gave them 1430 dollars in order to secure the apartment which i've never heard that a day in my life but that's how they did things and i was just like all right i'm moving to denton going to unt this is where i want to stay i'm gonna pay this so paid it and then when i moved when before i could move in they also asked me to pay an additional i think it was like eight hundred and nine dollars which they told me was basically like i don't remember if it was like a deposit i know like it was an administration fee which i found to be stupid because they told me that um when i filled out the application when i went to go tour that they had a special going on that you did not have to pay the administration fee but i was just like whatever um paid that and then I think they said it goes towards because I was moving in the middle of the school year. It was putting me on basically the same payment schedule as everyone else that was staying there, which I found to be stupid. But that's what I mean by they be trying to charge you like extra stuff. So paid that. Now that's a total of $2,239 that I paid them before I could move in. So fast forward to probably like my second month there, they ended up having to credit some of that back to me. Um, sorry, guys, that's Kylie. Um, but they ended up having to credit some of that back to me. And I can't remember how much they credited it, but they applied it towards um, my next month, next month's rent because they won't give it back to you like in cash or a check or anything like that. They'll just put it towards your rent. Um, because they said they over collected from me which I found to be completely stupid but that's what you get for listening to um, the leasing agents which I'll talk more about the leasing agents further down in my consulate so then I'm gonna fast forward um, I ended up signing another lease because me and a friend of mine at the time had decided that we were going to because um, we didn't like our living situations um, with the roommates that we were staying with and you know some other issues that we were having we wanted to move into a different complex where me and her could just be roommates and we don't have to have anyone else so um but she was kind of like taking too long for me so i was like you know what i'd rather just go ahead um i'm about to meet the deadline um to sign like another lease they were giving us like a limited time i think it was by I think March we had until March or April to sign another lease or they like we we basically were just like out of an apartment and like I said she was kind of taking too long for me so I was just like I'd rather sign another lease and secure this apartment just in case she decides at the last minute that she doesn't want to do this um but we ended up like still being able to move in together but um, this was after I signed, like I renewed my lease. So I had to contact the office and basically ask them like, hey, um, I signed another lease, um, but I want to basically like I'm not going to be staying here. And the only reason why I signed it was because I wasn't sure if I was going to be moving out or not at the time that I signed it. So what can I do? And they told me, okay, here are your options. You have to find somebody to basically like take over your lease for you. If you find somebody, then you pay us $200 and we'll release you from the lease from being responsible for the apartment. If you can't find somebody and we have to find somebody, then you pay us $400 and we'll release you from the apartment, which I found to be stupid, but whatever. Anyways, so I ended up taking a couple of months and I found somebody to take over the apartment. 
Now, before they approved this girl, um, I got to looking at my stuff, and I'm not going to lie to y'all, I'm not even going to lie, I'm going to keep it unapologetic, and I'm going to keep it real. Um, I got behind on some of my utility bills, so I think I didn't pay, like, two or three utility bills, which one of them was, like, 40 I think another one was, like, $60, another one was, like, $60, because um, in 2019, I got into a car accident, and I told on my car, and I ended up having to, like, put a whole bunch of money into getting my new car and uh, paying for a rental and all the other stuff. So, um, I got a little behind on the utility bills. So, then I get to looking at my statement and all of a sudden it says that I owe $500 for rent. And this was in June. They were trying to charge me for June rent. Now, if you guys remember what I said... When I had initially applied to this place, they told me that in order for me to qualify to have this apartment, I would have to pay the last pay rent for the last two months of the lease, which, like I said, was June and July. So if I've already paid y'all $1,430 for the months of June and July, why are you trying to charge me for rent for the month of June that you're basically trying to say that I owe y'all? And I had email proof from the managers that said, confirming that my last month of paying rent for that apartment because I paid for the last two months of the lease was in May. After May, I didn't owe anything else in rent to them. So when I'm looking at the statement, it's saying that I owed rent for the month of June. I think it was July. I don't remember. It was one one of the two. So, of course, after looking at my lease, because it's in the lease, and also having email documentation, which is why I'm going to say because these pla- these places pray, anytime you are doing any type of communication with them, it needs to be in writing because they will take advantage of you. And here, here's how they try to do me. So, I saw that. I sent an email to the leasing office replying. I said, I am not sure why you guys are trying to charge me for the month of June or July, whichever one that they were trying to charge me for. And it says rent on this statement. I have email correspondence from a manager in there confirming that my last month to pay rent was for the month of May. After May, I didn't owe you guys any more rent. And then on top of what they were trying to say that I owed for rent that um they also applied late fees to it so i think they were trying to basically say that i owed them like 600 and something dollars which i was like no i'm not paying that so then they had a manager call me and i recorded the conversation so i had it um i wish i could play it for you guys but i i deleted it after a while um because the situation got handled but when i talked to her i was like listen Y'all are trying to charge me for rent, and y'all have all these late fees on here that y'all are trying to charge me for because y'all are trying to say I, I owe rent. But if you look at my apartment, if you look at all of that, you see that I gave y'all $430 for the months of June and July in December before I moved into this apartment in January. So, And I have an email from another manager in that office that corresponds with basically what I paid y'all and corresponds with what what's listed in my lease saying that after I paid that I don't owe y'all nothing for June and July so why are y'all trying to charge me and when I tell y'all she was so rude 
basically she just i i don't remember all the logistics of what she was trying to say but basically she was saying that like you know that i owed it and that they're gonna keep tacking on late fees until i pay it and i have another week to pay it or they're gonna try to evict me out of that apartment and she was just basically like i don't know what to tell you you owe it and i'm like no you need to look at all of this and you need to look at what i paid y'all and this this is what's I like literally paid y'all so where's the $1,400 so you mean to tell me that what y'all did with that $1,400 is not the case now like did it automatically disappear like why why are y'all trying to charge me rent so I got upset and like she was just ba- like so rude like she was just basically like oh well I'm sorry like you're gonna have to pay it and you have until next week to pay it or I'm gonna have to pursue um legal ramifications for you not paying it and we're gonna have to evict you so I was like all right bet I got one better for you I called the housing authority and the housing authority is basically just like you know the governing office of like you know tenants rights and all this other stuff and all you know like you could look it up but I called the housing authority and I talked to a guy in there and I basically told him my situation. I told him, um, you know, what the lady said to me. I showed him all the receipts of what I paid. I sent him a copy of my lease and highlighted the part where they said, you know, you paid the last two months of the rent. And I also sent him all the email correspondence from the manager saying that I didn't owe money for June or July rent. And then I sent him a copy of the statement where they put it as I owed rent. I don't know what he said. All I remember is that he told me that they can't do this and I'm going to contact them. I don't know what he said to them, what what he did that day. All I know is he called them and within probably like 10 minutes after he called them, that manager was on the phone apologizing to me. And she was like, I'm sorry, you know, I'm a new manager and everything like that, yada, 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 which that didn't matter to me or anything, but she was just like i'm a new manager and um you know i don't know like what happened or whatever as far as this and i'm just like you do remember you were the one that talked to me right but i didn't care she was like i'm gonna remove all these charges you know we see that you did pay and you know we're sorry about the inconvenience i'm gonna take it all off so she took it all off and all i paid was like one something for the utility charges that i owed and she had to take off with all the late fees and stuff so that's one example um with the second complex that i lived in they i think the issues that i had with them were basically that the utility charges because they wouldn't let us view like i think the first month that we stayed there me and um my former roommate we had to pay both like one something for utilities and we were just confused i'm like this is a two-bedroom apartment like why are we paying basically you're trying to tell us that the usage that we've used is like 200 and something dollars and that's ridiculous so which i I also found to be ridiculous too because at my previous apartment my first apartment that i've ever lived in my utilities just for one person for a whole apartment was never over like 60 dollars so i didn't really understand like where they were getting this from and um i had a feeling that they were trying to charge us for the previous person that lived there but they didn't want to give me a copy of the utility bill so i had to go off on them like literally go off on them in order for them to give me a copy of the utility bill and this is how sneaky they are they tried to cover 
the account information on the bill because I guess um, you don't pay your utilities. Like, they pay for it and then you pay them for it. So it's like the the apartment complex is like the median between you and the utility company. So they might have like late fees. They might have like some other hidden fees on there that the utility company is trying to say that they owe and then they might be trying to make us pay for it. So they tried to like take the account information off of the copy of the bill so that I wouldn't see it and I couldn't contact the um the utility company to inquire about the usage and why it was so high. Like they were just ridiculous. It it was so it was so crazy. But like I said, um and then oh oh no 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 I'm lying. It wasn't even just the utility bill. So let me tell y'all how the and I know I'm like going off on a tangent, but I just want y'all to hear from personal experience like how these types of apartments do. So um I got my lease my lease wasn't supposed to be up until the end of july so i wasn't supposed to move out of and this this complex i'm talking about in detail is called gateway of denton for any of my unt tw students tw students who are listening so i wasn't supposed to move out of gateway until the end of july july 31st of 2020 right so I knew that I was going to have to move out and I'd already started the process slowly of looking into a new apartment. And like I said, I had already been fed up with student apartments. So I already knew I was not going to be staying in another student apartment complex. So all of a sudden, I think this was, let me look, it's in my phone. Let me look. And I'm, I'm going to give y'all facts, <laughs> like nothing but facts. Let me see. What was the last time I texted them? Oh, yeah. So look at my text messages right now this was in the month of april so got a text message um from one of them and like they have like a i guess like a like a phone or something like a like a texting sitch or whatever that they all use and meanwhile when they text you it's so unprofessional like you never know which one of them that you're talking to but i like i said i always keep my documentation and i kept this so they let me know that somebody else was moving into the other room in june and i was like all right cool um they asked me and meanwhile this is in april and my lease was not up until the end of july they asked me will you be staying until your move out date I have a person that may want to take over the room in June. So I'm like, in a normal apartment, like, they don't offer you stuff like that. Like, you have to stay, like, you're legally binded in a lease until the end of your lease, which the end of my lease was July 31st. So all of a sudden, y'all want to send me a text message basically telling me that y'all found somebody to take over my room. And this is how, this is how money hungry they are because they basically like knew that I wasn't going to renew my lease. So they were no longer going to be making money off of me after July. So they're trying to scramble and find spots for all these other people that are applying to try to stay in this unit. So they're basically trying to keep consistent money and trying to get me out so they can move somebody else in there so they don't have to worry about not getting money. So if that makes sense but yeah they said they had a person that may want to take over my room in june so then i was caught off guard i'm like am i going to be held accountable for moving out before the end of my lease because you know i'm not supposed to be technically leaving until july but if i was to move out in june am i still responsible for july rent wouldn't that be 
considered a broken lease based off of the the terminology that's listed in the lease and so they were like no that person would be taking over that payment and they told me like it wouldn't be considered a broken lease not if it's an arrangement between me and the leasing office and then they'd waive what's called the relet fee which is basically um the fee that they try to charge you for someone taking over your lease so um i didn't know that like this was even something that could be possible so i was like i wasn't aware that was an option so what i'm going to do is i'm going to secure my next place of residence because like i said i had started shopping around for new apartments but i hadn't secured anything because i knew that i wasn't going to be able to move out in july but since they're basically saying something different i'm gonna try to secure my next place of residence for june and i can let you guys know so they said okay sounds good let us know asap so i spent my time trying to figure out you know where i was going to be staying at next and securing that so this was like i think five days later this was april 15th (laughs) i can't believe i'm doing this i'm giving y'all like like facts um I texted them April 15th and I was just like, hey, just wanted to let you guys know I'll be moving out in June. And so they said what date the person wanted to move in June 1st. So I said, okay, I'll be out June 1st. And um, I didn't move into this apartment until July 8th. I mean, uh, June 8th. But um, Alex got his apartment and Alex was already staying in his apartment. So I was going to take my stuff out of that apartment, move out. Um, May 31st and since they already said I wasn't going to be responsible for June or July rent I need to be out by the first so the new person can move in and then I didn't have to pay for anything so I got all my stuff put it in storage and stayed with Alex for a couple of days um they said gotcha so if and then on top of that aside from the text messages because um which I said I would get more into like the leasing agents and stuff like that further down in my cons list but um the only ones in the office that like um you know work with like have experience or whatever working like in apartment offices and stuff like that are the managers so I didn't want to go based off of these text messages so I sent an email to um the manager and the assistant manager just confirming I said hey Y'all sent me text messages saying y'all have somebody else lined up to take over my lease. I just want to confirm that y'all will be waiving the relet fee, that I'll be released out of this lease, and I won't be responsible for any rent for June or July, which are the last two months of my my lease. Please reply and confirm this for me. And they replied and they confirmed. They said, we confirm that we will be releasing you from your lease. So... Here it comes. This was three days after I texted them and told them that I was going, I found someplace else and that I was going to be moving out in June. So this is, and this, this is all I got. I didn't get a, Hey, this is such and such from the leasing office. Um, we made a mistake. Da, 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 da. All I got was my bad. I meant July 1st. And I swear, guys, if y'all want to see a copy of this, I can send you the screenshot. I can post a screenshot because this is ridiculous. But that's literally the only response that I got or the only message I got that day was my bad. I meant July 1st. And I was like, excuse me? Like, who is this? What are you talking about? Um, So (laughs) they were like, yeah. So 
you could stay as needed for June and she would cover July as we discussed. And I'm like, who the hell is she? Like, what, what are we talking about? Um, so then I replied, I was like, well, being that you guys stated June 1st, I've already made arrangements to be out by the 1st of June, which includes signing a lease already for my new place of residence, which is what we previously agreed to. So then he tried to come. I don't know if this was a he or she texted me. They tried to come back and be like, on the 10th, you asked me, would you still be responsible for July's rent if she moved in? That's what I'm referring to. And I said, and you also asked me to be out by June 1st because that's when she wanted to move in, which is when she, when you said she would be moving into the room and I told you that I would find other arrangements to be out by June 1st. I only asked about um, who's responsible for the rent because y'all are staying, staying, um, stay team. She wants to be in the room by June 1st. I've already signed a lease for another apartment in June, and now you're telling me you meant July 1st. She wants to be in the apartment, and I can stay for the month of June, making me responsible for June rent when you clearly stated she wants to be in the room for June, and I wouldn't be responsible. And so I figured this was one of the leasing agents, and I was just like, listen, can you have one of the managers call me because this is ridiculous? And so then he I guess they tried to be like, oh, I don't feel like we're on the same page if um, I'll give you a call if you're free. And I said, yes, I'm free. So we got on the phone. He was just like, oh, well, um, I know we said or whatever, but I just remember when we were talking about it, you said that, like, you know, you haven't started looking for a new place and all this other stuff. And um, come to find out, like, oh, girl, who's trying to take over your room? She basically... <laughs> Um, got her days mixed up and she said she's gonna move in in June but now she's now she's not trying to move in until July so now we're basically saying that like you can stay and I'm just like but you you literally told me to be out by June and that this girl wants to be out by June and then that was like eight days ago that we literally had this discussion and you told me that you want to be out by June and so I went ahead and signed for my new apartment which I had no plan on doing until at least I wasn't even going to fill out any applications until like May so this is April that we're talking about this y'all just came and blindsided me and told me that oh by the way we found somebody that's going to take out your lease so do you want to leave early we you know somebody else is going to be moving in there so you can leave and then we don't have to be responsible anymore and somebody else can just move into your room so basically like you i hope you guys understand what i'm saying like they basically just tried to rush me out because they knew that they weren't going to be making continuous money off of me so Having a new person move in, this means this person will be responsible for paying June, July, August, and like continuously until July of 2021. So it, it basically like they're trying to fill it up so they get to keep making money off of that unit. Had I moved out of July, you know, um, I would have still been responsible for paying for the rent of June and July and it would have been securing that. And then I would have left and then they would have had to worry about putting somebody in that unit and possibly not having anybody to put in that unit. So you kind of see what I'm saying? Like they were just trying to make sure that they were going to have consistent money coming out of that out of that room, out of that unit. Um, so they tried to rush me out. And then once I went off by what they said after confirming that I wasn't going to be responsible for it anymore and found a new place. Now y'all want to come back and be like, oops, sorry, we got the days mixed up. You can stay. You're responsible for June. And this girl will come, you know, I'm not sure when she's going to come. And that's basically what he was saying. He was like, 
I'm not sure when she's going to come because she's got her days mixed up. She said June. Now she's saying July. And I'm just like, but that's not my problem. So what which, what are you telling me? Are you trying to basically say that like, oh, well, y'all don't have nobody to fill it. So I'm stuck with being responsible. Absolutely not. So what I did, I called the housing authority and um, UNC offers like a law service um i think they have like attorneys in there that like help students deal with situations like this with these student apartments and both of them told me that like no like these the leases at these places are completely ridiculous and they prey on students who don't know any better but you got the right one so by the time i was finished with them they they had to like go based off of the terms that they had agreed with me that I wasn't going to be responsible. I could move out in June and they were just going to have to eat the cost of not having anybody um, staying there. And like I said, them not having a person secured in that room after they told me that they did is not my problem. If that girl or whoever was supposed to be taking over that lease, if she decided that she wasn't going to be able to move until July, that is their fault. You shouldn't have been trying to hurry up and get me out of a lease to fill it. And then that's what happens. So, y'all, it was so crazy. I was so upset. And I know, like, they were upset because they basically screwed themselves out of me paying $1,430 until they could find somebody else to put in that room because I was from my understanding I was supposed to be staying in there until the end of July (laughs) but they they screwed themselves out of two months of rent so if that girl decided that she didn't want to move in until the end of July oops that's y'all fault so (laughs) going back to and I I just wanted to give y'all like a real experience of what what both my experiences were and I've only stayed in two and both experiences with two separate complexes have been completely ridiculous when it comes to them trying to stick you with something trying to take advantage of you and you know trying to prey on the fact that most college students don't understand that they have rights and you know that they can't do this and I understand that like I'm, I may be a little bit older and I might have a little bit more experience with, you know, talking to people or like, you know, dealing with situations like this and, you know, doing research and stuff like that. I know plenty of people that, you know, I go to school with that stay in these types of places and like they'll come to me and they'll say certain stuff and I'm just like, you understand that they can't do that. And they're like, what? Like they can't? No, they can't. And that's that's the thing about student apartments. That's that's like the biggest con. Like they will prey on the fact that most college students don't understand lease terminology, understand fees, or understand the rights that tenants have staying in those types of apartments. So take it from me. Take it from me. And like I said, I've also talked to the housing authority um, in my local area and UNT's campus law services, and they have said the same thing these places at the leases that they have even the terminology and stuff that they use is completely ridiculous in their leases like the guy i swear the guy at the the housing authority was like i can't believe they i can only imagine like how many students they're ripping off like this and it is true so take it from me guys um yeah next (laughs) that that was just like a lot y'all i was i don't know what happened something happened with my audio but Like I said, take it from me, like, they will try to take advantage of you. So, 
Um, if you guys have any stories or need any advice regarding how to deal with certain situations like that, hit me up. I will give you the accurate advice and tell you exactly what to do in order to deal with them because they're ridiculous. Okay, so next con is you might end up having a roommate that you don't know or that you don't like how they live. Um, when I moved into my first um, student apartment, I think all the girls um, were on spring break um, or no winter break because I moved in in January. So all of them were gone and I came back and the apartment was a complete mess and I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but after Micah, um, I have an episode with one of my roommates from that apartment. Her name is Micah. You guys go check that out. But Micah, me and her ended up becoming like really good friends. And I just remember she was like, it was always like that. So like she felt like she was always the one having to clean it up. And I honestly felt like I was always having to clean up too when I first moved in there. Um, because after I walked in there and I saw like how the kitchen was and stuff like that, I was like, you know what? Like I'm trying to cook in here. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to get stuff. So let me go ahead and try to just like clean this up. You guys, I spent three hours cleaning out that whole kitchen the refrigerator everything right i kid you not once all once the other girls came back up in there they destroyed the kitchen in less than two days and i was so pissed i think i cleaned it up one more time after that and then they messed it up again i was just like you know what i'm tired i'm not cleaning this up no more we're all grown women we all need to clean up after ourselves i'm not doing it so i stopped doing it um i don't i've never grown up that way where you live in a house where people don't clean up after themselves um so i don't i don't like living in situations like that you can literally come in my apartment you can see yes anybody that knows me i don't like having a dirty kitchen i don't like my room being dirty if my house is ever not clean it's never disgusting and with stuff everywhere it's mostly because i'm working and i'm tired during the week but on weekends i take advantage and i clean everything um so yeah you might like end up living with somebody that you don't like how they live and that's just one of the things that sucks about having roommates um next card Ooh, next card. <laughs> Sometimes they f the lease they fail, and I mean by they the leasing office they fail to let you know that you have a new roommate moving in. So you'll get home, and there's a stranger in your house. That used to piss me off so bad because I'm just like, yo, like who's who's moving in here? Like who are you? I come home and I'm like, who's this random person in my house? I don't know who you are. Like, they could have sent a courtesy email or gave a call or something like that saying, hey, this new person is going to be moving in your place. Um, here's their phone number, yada, yada, yada. And sometimes they do do that. But um, a lot of times they miss the ball and they don't tell you nothing. Next con. And, and this goes back to more so of what I dealt with with, you know, some of the leasing agents and stuff like that. A lot of their leasing agents... Or people working in the office or other college students who are unprofessional and know nothing about how leases and things work. And I'm not saying all of them because some of them are really nice. Some of them, I think they hire um, college students to work in there 
as as kind of like a selling point like hey not only do these guys live here they also love it so much here they work here so it's kind of a selling point for them to have college students so not only are these are these students you know having a job and they're making money in there they also get to help sell you know that idea to other college students and get more of them to stay in those apartments as well many of them work there just to get discounted rent and have a job and that's it so what you see is what you get and what you deal with is what you get i've gotten into so many disagreements with the offices because some of them in there don't know how to explain things to you or they don't know what they're talking about so in my experience, it's just better for you to ask the managers. Don't don't ask the leasing agents. Don't ask the other students that are in there. No shade to them, but that's just in my personal experience. All they're doing is just basically selling the units, and that's it. They don't know a lot of information as far as, like, how your lease works and what you can and can't do and, you know, what they can and can't charge and all the other stuff. Or when you need to ask pertinent information about why you're being charged something, they don't know how to explain it to you. So, and they end up having to give you to the managers anyway. So just when it comes to your money and when it comes to important things, talk to the managers. If you want to know how much rent costs or um, what type of stuff they're doing in the office or um, amenities and stuff like that or personal or any anything small you could talk you could talk to them but anything big talk to the managers next con you are not in control of the cost of utilities and i talked about this a few minutes ago but you're like you're not in control of your utilities and you're not in control of who those providers are so in both the complexes that I lived in, especially the first one, the first one at Redpoint was worse. Um, the internet was horrible, and that's that's one thing that they use as a selling point there. And I don't I don't want to make this too much about going in on student apartments because they're really not all that bad. But I've just had bad experience with it. I know some other people maybe haven't, but I'm just I'm just trying to you know give you give you some tips and and get you the real on it. Um. The internet was horrible and it's it's something that they try to say oh well it's included in your rent and like you know we offer it because most college students nowadays have to use the internet in order to be able to do their homework and access their their class information and all this other stuff um but it's horrible at least in my experience at the two places i stayed at super horrible and you're not in control of who those providers are i've even tried to get like at my last place i tried to contact spectrum to see if they would um install like another um like internet line like where i can have my own service and just not have to worry about the shitty internet anymore and because of how those places are set up they told me no spectrum said no that they couldn't do it because um, how the apartments are set up so yeah um i couldn't choose it now i think some other student apartments they do give you that option but in my experience they did not um another thing is you can't get in contact with the utility provider about why things are too high you have to contact your leasing office and like i said before it's possible that they can lie to you about any hidden fees sometimes they won't even let you see the bill for you to see for yourself um at the first complex that I stayed at, they um, they set up the service 
and then you got pdf copies from the actual utility company like when you when you became a tenant there they asked you to make an account with the utility company so you can see what um you know your usage is for your whole entire unit and you can pay it there i think i think that's what no you don't you don't pay it there you pay it to the apartment complex but you at least get a copy of your utility bill sent to your email and you get an account um that you can make with the utility company company my bad um at the second place that i stayed at you don't get that all you get is the charge applied to your account and that's it and it says utility charge and trust me if you don't pay it they will apply like late fees like it's rent <laughs> which i found to be stupid but um and i had to go through hell and high water just to get a copy of the utility bills um so like and like i said sometimes they won't even let you see the bill for you to see it for yourself so the leasing and think about it th this is how it works the leasing office is the one that pays the utilities on your behalf making them the median and in control of that not you so you're basically the the leasing office or the apartment complex pays the utilities and then you're basically giving the apartment complex the money that they paid for your usage so you never know and especially if they don't give you a copy you never know like what you're really paying you're just they're just like oh well you owe this so here you go we're putting on your account and if you don't pay it we're gonna apply late fees so you're not in control of anything when it comes to that next con is getting out of your lease is hard most of these student complexes when it comes to getting out of your lease you will have to find someone to take it over for you and if you do you still you will still have to be responsible for the apartment even if you sign the lease over to someone else um and I, that might not be for everyone but i know in my experience with the first complex i stayed in they had me do all the work of finding somebody to take over the lease they had this girl apply for her own lease and all this other mess and then they said she's responsible for it now and then when i look at the documentation i'm somehow listed as a guarantor so whenever she doesn't pay the rent for it or when she when she's late on stuff they're sending me em emails questioning questioning her and saying that if she doesn't pay it then i have to pay it um which is super super duper misleading because when i asked them all the information about trying to figure out like um, you know, if I sign it over to her, then is she responsible or am I responsible from what the leasing agent, this is why I said you don't talk to the leasing agents, you talk to the managers. When I talked to the leasing agent, I think I talked to one of the managers too, but she seemed like she didn't know very much. I don't know. But um, when I talked to them and I asked them about all the other stuff, when they told me that she, that girl signed the lease and they moved it over to her, that I was no longer responsible for it. Now that's not the case. I've recently gotten emails about um, that lease and I've asked them to stop sending them to me because I'm not, you know, they need to contact that girl about why she's not paying the rent. They told me that they couldn't because technically I'm still a guarantor on the account, which like I said, was not what they told me when we did the whole switching of leases or anything. And I talked to that girl and she said that she she renewed her lease and she's going to be staying there so after her new lease starts over i shouldn't be re um receiving anything from them about that unit anymore oh i'm sorry you guys it's kind of cold in here and i need to turn up the air conditioning 
um because it's cold and that's i think that's why i'm kind of like sniffly all right next con and i promise i only have two more (laughs) and then we're gonna move on to the next point um next con is they're really not worth it if you can afford to have a regular apartment because they charge per individual room you might get stuck with a crappy apartment and they're making like say say if you got a two-bedroom and you're paying seven hundred and something dollars and your roommates pay seven hundred and seven dollars you're they're making fourteen hundred dollars a month off of two tenants living there imagine how much they make if they have four or five tenants in one place paying seven hundred dollars a month in one unit but the internet sucks the rooms are small the furniture is raggedy etc that's twenty eight hundred to thirty five hundred dollars they're making off of a crappy apartment and let me tell y'all the last apartment i stayed at there was only two of us in there when we moved in now these apartments and stuff are supposed to be cleaned and everything's supposed to be fixed in there and i know that for a fact because when i moved out of my first student apartment um i was there when they were replacing everything and trying to get ready for the new people to move in there so when they did that they replaced the furniture they cleaned everything they painted like they it, it basically like a new apartment right this next place that I moved into, we moved into a dirty apartment with raggedy furniture. We had um, some of it wasn't furnished. All we had was couches. All the other apartments had um, a coffee table. It was disgusting. The floor had black stuff all over it. Um, the balcony, I guess the previous guy that lived there, he had a dog and the balcony had dog poop all over it. The, like it was it was disgusting. It was not clean. It was nothing. And after we had some like maintenance issues i think the maintenance people came in there and they told us that they didn't think that they got to that apartment when they were cleaning all the other ones so like i said fourteen hundred dollars a month off of two of us living there and it wasn't even clean before we moved in there and we got raggedy furniture and we're missing furniture that's crazy to me that's really crazy to me that's a waste of money it's not worth it and the last con this might not be a con for some of y'all but it was a con for me you don't get to choose any of the furniture and let me say like i told y'all when i got my very first apartment i already had bedroom furniture so and when i talked to the leasing agent which was she when i went to go tour that apartment she's she was a student at the time when she was working in there i asked her i said hey I have my own dresser, I have a nightstand, I have my own bed, and I have um, one of the big chest thingies. Is it possible that when I move in here, that y'all can at least take the bed out so that I can move my bed in here because I don't, I don't want to use y'all's bed, I have my own. She was, oh yeah, we can, we can definitely do that. And I should have thought, thought about that, and I should have asked her, I should have asked the managers or whatever, or I should have asked the maintenance people, can we do that? And when I tell y'all, we brought all of my bedroom furniture down when we had to move in that apartment, and once we got up there, and I talked to the maintenance man and told them what that girl said, they were like, well, we can't take this apart, it's a pain in the ass to take it apart, um, and we don't have nowhere to put it. So, they had to take my my bed and stuff back. I can only keep my mattress and that's it and put it on top of their mattress. And that that was crazy to me. So, like I said, 
you don't get to choose any of the furniture and if you have furniture you could put you could put your dress in there you could put your uh <laughs> your nightstand in there or your chest in there but if you want to take their stuff out and put your stuff in there you can't do that and if you don't have any furniture it's not like you get to pick anything you just get stuck with whatever they give you and if it's if it's crappy it's crappy um, the second complex that I lived in, that mattress that they had in there was completely disgusting. It had stains and stuff all over it. Like it was, it was just really disgusting. And I mean, some of y'all might be like, oh, well you can go get a, um, you know, a mattress pad or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but it, it just would have been nicer if they would have replaced the mattress because I don't know who's been sleeping on that. I don't know what they spilled on that. I don't know what they was doing on that. None of that. So yeah, you don't get to choose any of your furniture. So that's a little bit about, or not even a little bit, that was kind of a lot um, about my spiel about living in student apartments. Now we're going to move on to regular apartments and regular apartments are just the same apartments everyone's rents, everyone rents. I feel that their pros and cons are self-explanatory and I'm not going to get into too much, but I'm going to list a few. So some pros um, are that you don't have uh, roommates if you don't want to, you're in control of your utilities, um, cable providers, um, all the all the internet providers, cable providers, and utility providers um, are kind of your choice. Some of them don't require you to, um, like you don't get the option of choosing a utility provider, but you're in control of your usage and you're the one that's talking to the utility provider, not your apartment complex. Um, but your cable provider, your internet provider can also be your choice. And like I said, you get to be the facilitator in paying your bills to them, not to the apartment complex. Um, it's a bigger space because it's just you. My apartment is pretty big for just me and I like it. Um, it's cheaper, in my opinion. Um, it's even cheaper if you have a roommate. So say you got a two bedroom and the rent is like nine something. You split that in half. That's cheaper than what you would have been paying in a student apartment anyways. Um, you pick your own furniture. You don't really have to worry about anyone preying on you being a student and not understanding how having an apartment works. Um, cons is sometimes it can get lonely, which I mean, if you're alone, like I always invite my friends over and Alex is always over here. He has a key over here. So whenever he comes, he can just pretty much come whenever he wants to. I'm not always by myself. Um, Next is you're responsible for, for finding things like a utility provider, um, a cable provider. And um, I always say that's a con because some people don't know how to do that. Um, it's not that hard, but some people just don't know. But yeah, you're responsible for finding that out. Um, you really have to know what you're doing before getting into these places and have to have your stuff together before you stay in a place like these. Um, and that's kind of a pro or a con because if you don't have your stuff together, you don't know what you're doing. You shouldn't be staying in those apartments anyways. And maybe a student apartment is better for you which is not a bad thing um but yeah so like before you just jump out and go do that like just make sure that like you you have everything that you need in order to stay there um in my opinion I like regular apartments better just because of the stress I've had to deal with regarding student apartments but like I said if you're new to the whole living on your own thing you can decide which one is better for you based off of how you feel and what you're looking for in a place Lastly, I want to talk about some of the things that I wish I knew before I lived on my own. And hopefully, these tips can help you out. So, number one, and it's probably the most important one, is read your lease. Make sure you understand all the terms of your lease before, before you sign it. Because once you sign it, that's it. 
you're responsible. You were legally tied to all the little tiny words in that lease. You were legally tied to all of the terms in your lease. So make sure you understand and you read everything before you sign it. Pay attention to the costs, the hidden costs, policies, etc. Don't get too blinded by the excitement of getting a place on your own that you make a mistake that you might regret later. And don't sign it until you read the fine print. If you have to take a second to read it or you need them to send you a copy of it before you sign it, do that. It's completely up to you. You're not really limited to the time that you need to sign it unless they're trying to hurry up and get that apartment but whatever they should allow you the appropriate time to read it and understand it number two is make sure to plan your move in an organized fashion please try to plan everything at least a few months in advance you need to think about should you hire movers do you have enough money saved up to handle moving expenses do you have enough boxes to handle all of your stuff? Do you know when you need to pick up your keys? What time you can move in? Do you know how much you need to pay as far as like moving charges? Like my um, current apartment, I had to pay prorated rent um, because I moved on the 8th of the month instead of the 1st. I had to pay um, a deposit. Uh, no, not a deposit. I had to pay, yeah, a pet deposit. I had to pay another additional pet fee. I had to pay, um, what was it? I think like an admin fee, like I had to pay all these other fees and then I had to pay it all by the day that I was supposed to move in. So make sure that you you have all that situated. Do you need to get rid of anything? Do you have a moving truck? Do you know if you need one? Like that's why I'm saying it's better to plan everything at least a few months in advance so you're not scrambling trying to figure out what you need to do before you need to move. Next one is pack ahead of time. It is a pain in the ass to pack, and I understand that, but don't wait till the last minute to pack everything up. I started packing up all the things I didn't use on a regular basis or I didn't need on a regular basis weeks before I even moved into my new apartment. I had everything packed up a week before I was supposed to move and placed in the living room near the door so it was easier to get out. Like I said, it's a pain in the ass, but it will make your move a lot easier and less time consuming if you have everything ready to go well before. So don't procrastinate. That's not something that you need to procrastinate because moving sucks. Everybody hates moving. If you like moving, you're, I don't know, you're weird because I hate moving. <laughs> but it's really a pain in the ass. So just make sure you pack before and not the night before you're supposed to be leaving. Next one is don't move out unless you are financially ready. I think that's number one before reading your lease. Don't move out unless you're financially ready. If you can't afford it, please don't do it. You're going to regret it if you pressure yourself and you're going to fall flat on your face because you didn't do it when you could financially handle the responsibility. Having a roof over your head is a responsibility just like everything else. So please don't pressure yourself. Don't succumb to that whole idea that because you're in your 20s you need to do things on a certain time frame and you need to have this by this time and all that don't do that because it's not true it's fake it's false reality do things when you're ready when you feel like you can handle it financially and when you, when you feel that you you're in the headspace you got it you ain't got to worry about nothing 
you you're not gonna break your lease you're not gonna get evicted you know no shade to people who who have gone through difficult times they've had to break their lease or you know something's happened and like they've gotten evicted out of their apartment because things happen but if you're gonna be able to get into a place and deal with all the responsibility that comes with it and not not do what I did which is like jump into something and I couldn't handle it and I ended up sinking and then I ended up having to go move with my mom anyways which is what I didn't have to do or what I not what I didn't have to do but not what I wanted to do just don't don't do it it took me years but little by little I got everything I needed together and now like I'm here so just just don't do it. And also, please don't let anyone pressure you into doing it if you're not ready. It's not a race. It's not a rush. And like I said, we all have to do things in our own time, not someone else's. Um, some people, I know some people that have parents that are just like, all right, you're 18, you need to get out. But if that's the case, I'm like, you're going to college, go stay on campus for a while until you can get, you know, your dorm room. Um, I mean, until you can get like a decent job and like you can handle all the responsibilities to move out. And I know some people, a lot of people, they want to stay off campus because they don't want to live in dorm rooms anymore. It sucks. Or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I've never stayed in a dorm room before, but just don't do it until you feel like you can really handle it. Next one is your apartment doesn't need to be 100% set up or furnished as soon as you move in. Furnish and get everything little by little. Also, take advantage of cheap places to get everything like Walmart, the dollar store, Amazon, even Goodwill. There's there's plenty of other places that you can get stuff for cheap, you know, little decorative stuff. Everybody doesn't have to shop at Home Goods. So or or Bed Bath and Beyond because some of those places are expensive and I can't even lie, I've gotten stuff from there too. But you know, I got it because I could afford it, but I've gotten it little by little. So I'm I don't have no shame in saying I've gotten stuff from Walmart I don't have no shame in saying I've gotten stuff from the dollar store almost most of the little decorative stuff that I've gotten is either from Walmart or Amazon or the dollar store so keep that in mind um and I've literally been in this place for probably like a month and I still have some things that I need to get so and I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh you know spending a whole paycheck on trying to get stuff or whatever I'll just get it little by little because sis still has rent and other stuff to pay so yeah next point is breaking your lease or getting evicted will affect you until you pay off what you owe if for some reason you need to break your lease talk to your leasing office before you do it about making an arrangement on the rest of what you owe for your lease term possibly about getting a sublet and if you don't know what a sublet is that just means somebody is going to be living in your apartment and paying paying the rent or whatever until the lease is up or you know however long the period is um if need be and talk to them about how you can avoid being penalized for needing to leave in my experience I did talk to them, but um, to the leasing office, but they weren't willing to help me. Now, this was with my first apartment. So I owe them about $1,900 on the apartment that I broke that lease for. And it's on my credit, um, which gave me a hard time when trying to find a new place. And honestly, back then, like I knew that like I could have just sucked it up and just paid the rest of it because I think I own. they ended up finding somebody to move in in March. So I could have paid January, February. And yeah, I could have only paid two months of rent and then they found somebody to take it over and pay the rest of the months for the lease. But I didn't listen. So now more than I really could have, you know, had um, if I just would have, 
made some type of better arrangement just just paid it um but had i just listened to my gut and paid it off beforehand i like i said i wouldn't have had such a struggle getting into an apartment that i really wanted and i plan on actually paying it off either this year or when i get my taxes so i don't have to deal with the problem but it's less of a pain in the ass if you just talk to them you just make some type of arrangement i'm pretty sure as long as you just pay it like they're they're gonna be fine um and last one is conserve your energy utility bills can get expensive especially in the summer so to keep costs down try making it a habit to turn off the lights after you leave a room set the the thermostat up a few degrees when you won't be home and unplug your appliances in my kitchen my toaster's not plugged up my blender's not plugged up like anything that i'm not using it's unplugged um unplug your tv and your computer like when you're not using them which i don't do that i don't really care about the tvs being plugged up but um yeah (laughs) it will not only help save money in the long run but you'll be helping out the environment at the same time by not wasting electricity maybe i should unplug my um tvs and stuff like that but yeah it gets expensive you don't want to be in a one-bedroom apartment and your utility bill is like 120 dollars like literally I've had my utilities, I think um, the most mines have been in just a regular apartment, not a student apartment, because like I said, it's a little scammy, but in a regular apartment, I think my utility bills has never been more than $60, so you can literally keep it down, but um, yeah, so (laughs) that's really all that I have for you guys regarding this topic. I hope this episode was truly insightful for you. I hope these tips I gave and some of the stories I told you regarding my experiences were super helpful. I look back on a lot of all this stuff and even though like it wasn't funny when I went through it, it's funny now so that's why I'm kind of laughing because it was really funny but um, please feel free to contact me on my social medias, my website's contact page or the show's Facebook page if you have any questions about anything regarding moving out or living on your own. Um, or even student apartments or whatever it is. Even if you have some comments, suggestions on topics, or anything else, feel free to contact me. All the information for my social media's website and Facebook page is listed below in the show notes for you. I really love getting feedback from you guys and being able to help you with any advice you need. So yeah, just make sure you know you guys contact me if you need to. Also, please rate and review the show for me, please. Um, this helps others be able to find the show and gives me a clue into how you guys feel about it. So it's super helpful. Other than that, um, I pretty much, you know, that's it. I hope you guys are staying safe from COVID and you're being productive and that you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon and I will see you guys on the next one. I'm about to go eat and I'm about to go do some homework. So catch you guys on the next one.